warm. Is it just me or is it warm? My wife probably wants a coat. You're warm. Hold on, shut the front door. Note that. <laughs> Let's get into the Word of God. In fact, I want to, I'm going to tell you, today I'm going to be talking about being glory carriers, carrying his presence. I know I've spoke about this before. I, I want to try and come from a different angle. I just want to show you something by Bill Johnson. Bill Johnson runs a church in America called Bethel. Just two, two and a half minutes will help me go with where I'm going. And, you know, I could copy everything Bill Johnson says, but that is my heart, you know. Listen to the man himself. So, If my people who are called by my name will humble themselves and pray, and seek my face. The face of God is what we are invited to pursue. Think about that for a minute. Because the scripture gives that warning, anyone who sees his face dies. So it's a great invitation. (laughs) (laughs) Come and die. And I tell you what, every time we come before the face of the Lord, something dies that shouldn't have been alive. The Lord invites us into this ongoing interaction with the countenance of a perfect father. So when he says, seek my face, he's not saying seek my hand. I I have tried to make a strong point for the last probably 20 years that Jesus never scolded anyone for seeking his hand. Blind Bartimaeus wanted to see. Jesus didn't say, oh, you're supposed to seek to know me. He He gave him healing in his eyes. You know, the one with the dead relative. They, you know, Jesus brought through his hands the power of God to establish kingdom. He's never scolded anyone for seeking his hand, his blessing. I think it's a responsibility we have. But forgiveness doesn't come from his hand. It comes from his face. It's from the countenance. It's the Father who welcomes And that's what's needed right now, is a group of people that get recalibrated to the face, somehow seeing the eyes of a loving father recalibrates every value in my soul. Things that were important 10 minutes ago are no longer important. Things that plagued me or worried me or frustrated me, suddenly they don't have the bite that they once had, why? Because there's something about the countenance that just absorbs every offense or distraction that I carry in my heart. It just gets absorbed in this face of a loving father. And he says, if my people, the ones I gave my name to, if they would just humble themselves. Seek my face. This morning, I want to be talking about seeking his face, not his hand. His glory. See, Bill Johnson introed it really well for me there, but that that scripture, which is a key scripture for us as a church, 2 Chronicles 7.14 goes on to say this. It says, if my people who are called by my name will humble themselves and pray and seek my face, and it says this, and turn from their wicked ways, and I will hear from heaven, and I will forgive their sin, and I will heal their land. I believe this is a key scripture 
for us as a church, but for our city, if we're going to see our city prosper, if we're going to see our city be vibrant in the Lord, it's got to be healed, it's got to be forgiven of some stuff. Here this morning where he said, don't come to my hand, because if you seek my face, that's where the forgiveness comes from, from the Lord's face. This morning you need to seek some forgiveness, but seek his face. Would somebody do me a favour, would you shut that toilet door please, because I, I don't want to see that toilet lid and everything looking at me in its glory as I preach. Thank you. But are we prepared to seek his face? Now I'm, I'll talk a little bit later about there's nothing wrong with seeking his hand. We've sought his hand this morning for, for healing and for probably for other things. But we need to seek his face. And how do we seek his face? Have you been in those moments that you have just not worried about time and this is me and Jesus' time? That you go in reading, praying, worshipping and you've come out of that room different? Because you've met with Jesus. You've met with the Holy Spirit and your countenance has changed. Now, there's times in the Lord I've had to dig deep. Had to go and lock myself away from whoever because I need my countenance to change. And the Holy Spirit and Jesus will lift your countenance. It says here in Psalm 27, 8, My heart says of you, seek his face. Your face, Lord, I will seek. Hebrews eleven sixteen says, Seek the Lord and his strength. Seek his face continually. What does continually mean? All the time. All the time. Seek his face. It doesn't say seek his hand. And he's very gracious and wants to bless us through his hand but I do believe as we seek his face it will get his hand to move not that we seek his face to get his hand to move please hear me right it says continually Daniel Henderson is a Christian speaker and author wrote a book called transforming prayer this is what he wrote worship based prayer seeks the face of God before the hand of God God's face is the essence of who he is God's hand is the blessing of what he does. God's face represents his person and his presence. God's hand expresses his provision for needs in our lives. He goes on to write, I've learned that if all we ever do is seek God's hand, we may miss his face. But if we seek his face, he will be glad to open his hand and satisfy the deepest desires of our hearts. Interesting, in Psalms it says... God will give you the desires of your heart. And, and we leave it there, really. But actually, it goes on to say, if it tallies with his will. I believe seeing the desires of our hearts, and I don't know what your desires are, desires of heart, but I think it's wrapped up in this, in this here. He will be glad to open his hand and satisfy the deepest desires of our hearts if we seek his face. In his presence our whole countenance changes. In fact, in his presence, our posture changes. In his presence, our position changes. Are you understanding? Are you catching what I'm saying this morning? In fact, we see Jesus in Luke, that he goes to pray and his countenance is changed. Remember, he's in, he's in human form here. He's, he's God's son. Part of the deity still, but he's here as, as man and he goes to pray. It says this in Luke 9, 29, Jesus was praying. As he was praying, the appearance of his face changed and his clothes became as bright as a flash of lightning. 
I suppose the most famous scripture or passage in the Bible about seeing Jesus or, or seeing God's face, the Holy Spirit's face and God the Father is Moses. Maybe you don't know the story of Moses. Moses is a fantastic story to follow. We haven't got time to get into all of that. And you see, what's great about Moses' story, where did Moses come from? Where did he end up? Let me tell you. So here he is, little baby in the bulrushes. All the babies are going to be killed. Where does he end up? He ends up in the palace. Becoming the king's kind of, or daughter's son of the king. And then we see later on in the story, Moses realises where he's come from. That he's not an Egyptian. He's actually come from God's people. And we see... Later on, one of the Egyptians is, is mocking his God and beating somebody else up and somebody from his own tribe and Moses gets involved and murders this guy and he flees. Why do I mention that? Is because there's lots of things that we have done. If we get right before God, it doesn't stop God using us in the future. And here we see Moses is now seeking his face. The glory of God. In fact, he sought it so much. We see that he comes down with, with the, the laws that we live by. God's laws. In those days, if you came into the presence of God, you were going to die. Bill Johnson said it. If you come into his presence, you, you're going to die. If you catch, here Moses catches the face of Jesus. And you see, Moses... We need to get to this place where Moses was. I'm not going to read the full passage, but you can see it in Exodus 33, 12 to 23. In fact, I'm going to read it. Moses said to the Lord, You've been telling me, lead these people, but you have not let me know whom you will send with me. You have said, I know you by name, and you have found favour with me. Verse 13, if you are pleased with me, teach me your ways so I may know you and continue to find favour with you. Remember this, that this nation is your people. The Lord replied, my presence will go with you and I will give you rest. Verse 15, then Moses said to him, if your presence does not go with us, do not send us up from here. See how important that the presence goes with us? How will anyone know that you're pleased with me and with your people unless you go with us? What else will distinguish me and your people from all the other people on the face of this earth? And the Lord said to Moses, I will do the very thing you have asked because I am pleased with you and know you by name. You need to hear this morning that, that if you're faithful to him, he's pleased with you and he knows you by name. Your name. Here's a key verse. Verse 18, then Moses said, now show me your glory. And the Lord said, I will cause all my goodness to pass in front of you and I will proclaim my name, the Lord, in your presence and I will have mercy on whom all I have mercy. I will have compassion on, on whom I will have compassion. Verse 20, but he said, you cannot see my face for no one may see me and live. See, it passes over in the shadow. He sees the presence of God. And the Lord said, there is a place near me where you may stand on a rock. When my glory passes by, I will put... You in the cleft of the rock and cover you with my hand until I have passed by. Then I will remove my hand and you will see my back, but my face must not be seen. This is how powerful God is. We say he saw his face, he actually saw God passing by, right by. This is how powerful God was. You see in verse 18, he says, show me your glory. 
Have you seen Jerry Maguire? Maybe not. There's a part in it where Jerry Maguire is a football agent or he's a sports agent and he's got this, this athlete that is going to go and do football for him and all the other clients have left him because he has this kind of thing going on in his head how he can be better. And I always see when I read about Moses, you've got this one guy shouting to Jerry Maguire, the agent, oh, you love me now, so show me the money. Show me the money. And if you haven't got a clue what I'm talking about, you'd be like, what the heck is he going on about? Haven't got a clue. Some of you haven't got a clue. My point is, is I see Moses, this is my picture mind, going, show me the glory. Come on, show me the glory. And I just want to question this morning, are you in a place? Have you been in a place? Do you need to get into the place? Show me your glory, Lord. The point of the film is, he wants to show how much he's serious about getting this contract through. But how serious are we about seeing the glory of God in our lives? Maybe you don't shout it, but maybe you're saying, Lord, show me your glory. Let me walk in your glory. Maybe some of you are thinking, do you know what? I don't, I don't know what he's going on about. That's okay. My wife feels that a lot of the time. We need to, if we're going to see God move in this city in our lives, we've got to know his glory. Oh, Jesus, that we would know his glory. In my experience, every time I set my face in seeking God in a fresh way, God changes my heart. He changes my mind. He changes my preaching. He changes my leadership skills. And most of all, he changes my, my, my countenance. I believe this this morning, if we commit our lives to seeing his glory, it's a game changer for us. When you look at a person's face, we're looking at a lot more than just their face. By looking at a person's face, you can tell if that person is angry, can't you? You can tell if that person's happy, sad, tired, worried, hurt, excited, in love, sick, and the list continues. Now, can I just, while we're here, and you want to read my body language. You know when you're talking to pastor and pastor's like this. I'm not scouring at you. I, I'm trying to concentrate. So when you think I'm. I'm just trying to concentrate. I'm not scouring back at you. It's my concentration. It's my rest phase. Look at the person next to you. Tell me what's going on. Well don't tell me what's going on in the face. What's going on in the face? What's going on in their eyes? Are they happy? Are they sad? The face of a person reveals a lot about them. It's an open window. It's an open window. The face is an open window, isn't it? When God asks to seek his face, when God asks you to seek his face, he's making a call for us to enter into his thoughts to see what he is thinking, to see what he is doing, how he feels about something, to see the love that he has for us, to look at the pain our sin causes him, to see his joy. Mention this, we often go to God to seek his hand, hands that give, hands that help, hands that bless, hands that protect, hands that heal. And I believe there's nothing wrong with that. I, I believe that the word of God tells us to seek his hand. To seek 
after him. And the word of God says, if we, we don't have because we don't ask. And I like what Bill Johnson says there, that we've got to get out of our mindset that some of us believe that God wants to scold us every time we ask for his hand. I don't believe that at all. God isn't out to scold us. He's out to, he wants to bless his children. We sung songs this morning about freedom. We've talked about songs about how you're his child. So if you're his child, he wants to bless. Does he not? And if you're his child, I don't, I don't see there anything there that says, well, you must do A, B, C, D, E, F, G. Yeah, there's a way we've got to live. But if you're his child, he wants to bless you. Did, only, only a couple of people heard that. If you were his child this morning, he wants to bless you. It doesn't say you must do... He wants to bless you. Yes, you. I love the song by Hillsong. I think it's by Hillsong. Hosanna, break my heart for what breaks yours. I think sometimes we need to be going into our prayer times. Lord, break my heart for what breaks yours. Because... We know, or we have the face, the countenance of Jesus. Again, we're going to live different. We're going to love people different. I keep pointing up there because that's the vision. We're going to love people differently. We're going to do life differently. And, and Pastor, you keep mentioning about loving God and loving people. We're sick of it. Well, until the day that I die, and if you're still in this, you're going to keep hearing about loving God and loving people because unless we can love God, we can't love people. And if you have got his countenance, that countenance should flow into other people. The joy of the Lord. Are you still with me? And if your countenance is not flowing into another person for the good, maybe you need to sit back and ask the question, what do I need to do to change my countenance? Sometimes it's really hard to seek his face, isn't it? Because we're here, there and everywhere. Lord, would you speak right now? I need it now. I need it now. I need it now. He says, I'll give it to you because I want to bless. But seek my face. Seek my face. Seek my countenance. When we talk about seeking his face, we're talking about his character. We're talking about his attributes it's a big word for me to use on a Sunday but do you understand what I'm saying when we not his hand his character which comes back of how he loves people how he treats people how he is on people Jesus I keep saying this and I know time is going I am never, as a pastor, going to be content merely to see the glory of God flow down our aisles. I, I, I'm not going to be content with, in these four walls, that the glory of God will fall. And if you get it half past ten, between half past ten and twelve o'clock, that's where the glory... I want the glory to come half past ten and twelve o'clock, but it needs to flow out into our streets. It needs to flow out. 
We're praying for our streets. We're praying for people on our streets. His face, his countenance has got to flow out. I want to see it flow down every street in an uncontrollable, unstoppable flood of glory that carries along everything in its path. Did you hear what I said? Carries everything along in its path. Think of a volcano. When the volcano erupts, it carries everything along in its path, doesn't it? That's what I want you to see when we are talking about the glory of God flowing out of this place. Like the volcano, as the lava goes sweeping everything up, that his glory, as it goes, sweeps everything up. That means it changes the dark places. That means the things that are going on behind closed doors cannot go on any more than a bad because the glory of God is so strong. In our businesses, in our schools, in the gym. In the town's bars, wouldn't it be great they're not getting full of beer and the spirit, as in drinking spirits, but they were getting full of the spirit. We've come here for a drink because the drink is going to solve our problems. And they go out, not touching a drink, but God, the, the holy presence of his glory has flowed right into that place and it's changed them. Amen? And I'm not saying it's bad to have a drink, hear me. But if people got hold and if the glory of God flowed into people's lives, it would change people's lives. It would change our lives. We've seen glimmers. I believe we've seen glimmers here. But I believe God has got so much more he wants to do through us as a church. Through us as a people. When I say church, I'm talking about the people. I believe God is stirring a new revival. But that revival isn't about sermons anymore. It's about the glory and his presence flowing into places. You see, we think revival is about church. It's got to start within us. It's got to start within the church. Revival isn't about the church having the glory presence of God, which is important. Hear me right. The revival is that that street over there is transformed by Jesus. That street over there where there's prostitution or there's trafficking is broken because of Jesus. This is revival. Now, if we're going to see revival, I believe we are going to see it because we're positioning ourselves to be the glory carriers of God. And I'm saying, Lord, if it's got to start somewhere, why not here? Now, I'm not big-headed enough to say or arrogant enough, it's only going to be us. Because if we're going to see this city transformed by the glory of God in every street, in every business, in every education, other churches are going to be filled with the Holy Spirit. And my prayer, and you'll hear me if you come to the prayer meetings, that the Holy Spirit would, would shaken in churches that need to be shaken. The ones that are full of the Holy Spirit will not just have these precious glory clubs, but the glory of God will flow out. Amen. If you've come to church to be tickled for your fancy, to worship in a nice way, we're in the wrong church. You're in the wrong church. I want us to be glory carriers from the youngest to the oldest. That we pray for people that it's the norm that they get healed. That we pray for people and it's the norm that we speak into that situation. I've become a governor of Redby School. Boy. I don't know how I got there. I'm a guy who struggles to speak, to put his words together properly. But this is what happens when we are involved with the glory of God and where his presence comes. He lets us have seats at the table we shouldn't have seats at. I'm sitting with chief execs 
and people talking about this and that and billions of pounds worth of budget. And what's with your take, Reverend Weaver? We need to love people better. Interestingly enough, they took that on board. I packaged that in a better way than me just being... But I shouldn't be sitting at that table. But here we are. That's what happens when we carry the presence of God in our lives. That man, the world will say, you should not be here. Are your court case? God's just speaking to me now. The devil will tell you, you should not be here. You haven't got the... You haven't got the tools. You haven't got the authority. You don't understand. He's wrong. Because you are glory carriers, you are right where you need to be. You've got everything you need and more. Because you carry his glory. Glory brings transformation. And when I want to see revival, Lord, it's not just revival in me. Revival is this whole city is transformed for King, for, for, for King Jesus. Oh, pastor, you're so naive. Yeah, I am. But I believe in the word of God is the truth. I believe that the gospel is still the power unto salvation to those who believe. It's still the answer for our communities. Amen? Oh, Lord, I've got loads of things I need to say. Where do you want me to go? Are we people that are ready to say, show me your glory? I long for our schools, for our businesses, for our health sector, you name it, to be changed by the glory of God. If the glory of God gets into these things, it changes how they do it. But you see, I think Billy Graham said this, or his daughter said this, why has your hand come off, why has God's hand come off schools? Because we've asked him to leave. Why has God's hand come off businesses? Because we've asked him to leave. Why is God's hand not on your family? Because you've not involved him in the situation. We need to be Bible-believing, Jesus-believers, standing on the truth that our schools, our educations, our business, because the glory will flow into it because we carry in the glory of Jesus. But you don't know my situation. You don't know how tough is that school or that I know how big my God is. Do you know how big your God is? Lord. Jesus, that you would do something new among us and through us. Jesus. Do you know what we really need? Damascus Road experience in the masses because I'm, I'm preaching to the choir this morning aren't I really because I know you all want to be glory carriers and you are glory carriers so I'm preaching to the choir but we need domestic road experiences domestic domestics we need to clean our streets up too but we need a Paul situation a Saul situation We need a mass Damascus Road experience where the glory of God is revealed to an entire assembly of people all at once. 
In a moment of time, God's manifest presence transforms Saul of Tarsus from a persecutor into a propagator of the gospel. Now picture the glory of God virtuing entire communities with the conviction after engulfing them in the light of his glory. Imagine it. That's how we win the lost. We don't need altar calls because the presence of God will be so present in people's lives. They'll be saying, take me to that place. Take me to that place. I'm praying and we're seeing this. God gave me a word that as we speak the truth from here, that it's like the homing beacon has been set. And people will find their way here, not knowing why they're coming. They might be coming for some food. They might be coming for some toast. They might be coming to toddlers. But while they're here, they actually find out why they're really here. Because the glory of God is in this place. I don't know how many times people have said to us this week, there's something different about this building. What is it? What is different about this building? Do you know what's different about this building? We're trying to carry the glory of God. The presence of God is felt in this building. And people will come here thinking that we're going to look after their kids for two hours or on a Thursday night, but they will find Jesus, the hope, amen? The hope that they're really looking for. But then we've got to carry his glory. Got to carry his glory. You see... If we want to restore the church to its original power, we must return to God's original, original recipe for revival. Chronicles 7.14, If my people who are called by my name will humble themselves and pray. And then the next phrase goes on to say, and reveals this. The next, sorry, forgive me. The, the next phrase reveals the step that goes beyond prayer. God says, and seek my face. We think we know everything there is to know about prayer. We say we understand prayer. We recite prayers. We can prevail in prayer. Yet I wonder how many of us fully understand God's command in Second Chronicles is to seek his face. We seek the face of God, not his hand. Prayer is about petitioning. Seeking his face is about positioning. Write that down, that's important. Prayer is about petitioning. Seeking his face is about positioning. I want to, as a people... As a church, position ourselves for the glory of God to fall. What does that mean? I don't know. Maybe you ask the Holy Spirit right now. What does that mean for the glory of the Lord to fall in this place? To fall among us? Have a, have a word with the Holy Spirit right now. What's he saying? Oh, Jesus. Jesus. Damascus Road experiences, Lord. That's what I'm praying for in our streets. In our workplaces. Knocking Saul off his horse and getting people's attention. And changing them for your glory all over the place. Maybe you need to just take a moment. Where are you going this week and say, Lord, would there be a Damascus Road experience? For some of those people where I'm going and going about the Father's business. We need more of God and less of man. We need people who will pray until heavens collapse. Crying out, God, you promised. 
I don't know if you're with me this morning. Are you prepared to stand in the garden? God, you promised. God, you said. God, you would. Would you reveal your glory? Would you pour out? We've got to be those people. And that's just not on a Sunday. Because it's easy to do that on a Sunday. Tomorrow. Monday blues, going back to work. Will you stand in your workplace and say, God, you promised. Would you walk down your street and say, God, you promised. That your glory would fall. That your glory would come upon us if we were a certain way, acted a certain way, if we got wholeheartedly out for you. Are you willing, men and women, to stand? Maybe this week God is waiting to reveal God to the streets through you. God is waiting to reveal himself through you at the workplace. God is waiting to give you a seat at the table or at that place where you shouldn't be because you're trying to carry his glory. Jesus. More of God, less of us. God wants to meet you where you are. You can leave this divine appointment with an impartation from God that can bring revival to your church and to your city. Bring the prodigals home in your family. If you're carrying the glory, the prodigals will come home. But no one can do it for you. You must personally walk through that door Bill Johnson mentioned this, of death called repentance. The glory of God is waiting just on the other side. But only a dead man, only a dead woman can see his face. Only beaten, only broken worshippers can build the mercy seat through their broken, purified and repentive worship. Here's a question. Is it just possible that you might be the somebody who will change the destiny of a nation? Let me read that again. Is it just possible that you might be the somebody who will change the destiny of a nation. Oh, somebody get hold of that this morning. I'm going to say it again because I think more people have got to get hold of it. Is it just possible that you might be the somebody who will change the destiny of a nation? Oh, Jesus. When people asked John Wesley how he drew such a large crowd and led so many people to Christ, he told them, I just set myself on fire for God and people come to see me burn. Somebody has to start the fire. If not you, then who? If not here and now, then where and when? One of the just challenges on this is that we have no right to pray for the fire of God unless we're willing to be the fuel of God. We have no right to pray for the fire of God unless we are willing to be the fuel of God. You see, miraculous happens when the glory of God starts to fall. We don't have to preach. We don't have to do. When the presence of his glory falls, people will find their way here. People will find their way to you wanting to know the truth. When the presence of his glory falls. Oh Lord, that your presence would fall on us. Amen. 
And they wouldn't just be in this building now, but Lord, as we go out, your presence would fall on us. And people would seek out, not us, but you through us. We have no right to pray for the fire of God unless we're willing to be the fuel of God. See, we would know testimonies, and I haven't got time to get into testimonies of this. But when God's presence is in an area in somebody's life, it doesn't matter where they go, they cannot run from it. Without me getting into this, you know the story of Jonah? Boy, did he not want to go where he was going. But the presence of God, the presence of God was on him, even though he was fighting it. This is where you need to go. And the presence of God was so great that he went and we see that Nineveh changed its ways. See, God can still use our selfishness, our own thinking, if the presence of God is being carried. The presence of God can change lots of things. The glory of God. There's lots of things that we can try and do in our own strength. One touch from the Holy Spirit. One touch of his glory changes things, changes history. Oh, that you would be glory carriers. Who's going to be glory carriers this morning? Who's going to be the ones? You promised. You promised. And I'm not giving up until you deliver on that promise. Who's going to stand with me this morning and say, you promised, Lord said that your glory would fall. And as your glory falls, that things would transform, that things would change, that revival would break out. Who's standing with me this morning? Because we can say that in the four walls of the church, but I want to challenge you again. Here's not important. It is. But what's important is out there. That was high. What's important is out there. Are you going to carry his presence out there? Only through our brokenness, only through seeking his face will we understand and carry his glory. In 90s, early 2000s, Many churches were known about being in the river of God. But you know what? We need to get back in the river. We need to get back in the river. What's the river about? The river is about the flow. The river is about the presence of Jesus. The river is about the presence of the Holy Spirit. We need to get in the river. We need to get back to that flow of the Holy Spirit moving for his glory. Maybe you can say this prayer. Father, impart to us a broken heart as your heart was broken and let beaten wing worshippers build a place of habitation. We turn our back on what is good and seek what is best. We want your kabod, your glory. Oh God, Father, thank you for the anointing and for what it does, but it still smells like man. We pray, let man die. Let the glory of God come. Can you pray that this morning? We don't want this church to stink of man. We want this church to stink of God. 
the aroma of God. I don't want you going home stinking of you. You need to go home stinking of God, that you have his aroma, his sweetness, his glory. As I look around, the glory of the Lord is falling on some of you this morning. Be glory carriers. I'm going to finish here, but I just want to bring us to a point where maybe we need to empty ourselves this morning. What am I talking about? That we can't be glory carriers. We can't be his presence carriers unless we empty ourselves of self, of the things that shouldn't be there. Maybe this morning you need to take a few minutes with the Holy Spirit saying, Lord, I'm giving that up. I'm pushing that out because I want to make more space for you. Somebody needs to pray the prayer of Moses. Show me your glory. We need the glory of God in our churches, our homes, our public schools, our private schools, our NHS, our, our businesses. I'm, I'm praying over our kids that as they are at school, as they're at college, as they're at uni, that they pray in the public schoolroom at lunchtime and the glory of God suddenly falls on the entire school. Can you, is somebody want to stand with me in that? As they take a stand for God, as simple as it may be, as they're praying for their lunch, the glory of God falls in that place. That a whole school is transformed. The teachers are bowing the knee to Jesus. That school kids, parents, I'm praying for the day that you are sitting in that place of work. And you're just praying about what's going to happen today. And the glory of the Lord breaks out. And it breaks through. And that people get saved at your workplace. At that place you volunteer at. At that place you... And you might just think it's a faithful prayer. Just praying for my lunch. Just praying for today. God says, I see that faithfulness. And I want my glory to rest in this place. When his glory is flowing, that's where we see revival. Jesus, that your glory would flow through us and out of us. Empty ourselves. So that his manifest presence can come. He wants to fill him up. He wants to fill us up with himself. And when we are full of him, when we're full of his, when we're his vessel and full of him, that opens up the windows of heaven in our lives. Not just to be blessed, but to be the blessing. I hope I'm making sense this morning. I really wanted to challenge us to say, who's standing with me to say, Lord, you promised. You said... Who's prepared to shout from the top of their voices, show me the glory. Show me the glory. Tomorrow in that work situation, who's prepared to stand in that work situation? You're going to look nuts. So probably don't do it around everybody. 
Show me the glory. Where is the glory in this charity? Where is the glory in this workplace? And sometimes there is no glory. It's miserable. But God's saying, I've asked you to stand in the middle and remind me of my promises and remind me and say, where is the glory? When you're driving, where is the glory? When you're delivering, where is the glory? Whatever it may be, Lord, that the glory would fall in this place. Time has gone. Would you bow your heads with me? Before I pray, what's the Holy Spirit saying to you this morning? Who's going to stand? in the gap and say, you promised. Let me see your glory in this situation. Lord Jesus. Father, that we would, as we seek your face, that our countenance would change to be more like you. That, Lord, that your glory would rest upon us. We want to see your glory flow out of our lives, flow down our streets. And we, Lord, we want to see not revival just come to this place. Lord, across our city, men and women, young and old, different tribes, different nations, different education sets, coming to know you, Lord Jesus. Looking for something, but finding the glory of you. Jesus, would you stir a fire among us and through us? that we would see your glory. Your glory. Manifesting through us and out of us. It's a word that says that signs and wonders have got to follow the word. Lord, that signs and wonders would follow this word. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name.